Hello, Stephen. Hello, Erica. We just watched uh, episodes five and six of The Wheel in Space. We have completed it now. We did. It was sitting on the to-do list for quite some time because December was very, very, very busy for me and you. As was most of November. Well, because we went to a convention and we had friends be over before the convention. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, we, we were last recorded. Like, I want to say it's been like over a month, right? November 10th, I believe, is when we released our last episode. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was my foolish wish to finish The Wheel in Space before all the craziness happened, but we never got there. Nope. Nope. Lazy. Actually, yeah. oh, that wasn't laziness. It was just busyness. Yeah. We were actually anti-lazy, mm-hmm. but we thought uh, it's now the beginning of the holiday season. It's your holiday break. Yes. Today was my last day, well, partial day of work before I have a week in and, and then, yeah, and then some off. So, Doctor Who! Yeah, so we finished not only Wheel in Space, two episodes, we finished season five of Doctor Who. Ah! So, instead of uh, some sort of epic freeze frame at the end, we get a tiny little recap of some Daleks. Yeah, do you know, so when that scene came up, as we jump literally right to the very end <laughs> of the two episodes that we watched, you said that you, you you had seen that bit before, you knew that it was there? After this, didn't they actually show a repeat? Is that a thing? Yeah. It's segue. That is the first and today only like segue into actually canonizing a repeat broadcast of a story in between seasons, which was the first time they've done, they had done that. Mm-hmm. So, and they chose Evil of the Daleks. Um, which no one chose to record back in 1968, so which is why we still are missing it. And even more frustratingly, the the scene that we see there uh, at the end of uh, part six is actually from episode two of Evil of the Dogs, which exists already. <laughs> so yeah, we get no bonuses from that. Now I'm just picturing like in, in modern Doctor Who, how uh, you know Space and BBC America show marathons of entire, like all of New Who or like all of several seasons. And now I'm picturing like, you know, Peter Capaldi uh, coming on and being feeling like to a p- prospective new companion or just some rando like do you know what I've been through and then putting on a little helmet and being like watch the screen I'm going to <laughs> weave it into a whole story and that's the framing mechanism for Space's Doctor Who marathon for the holiday season I think that'd be amazing that would be so great they sh- <laughs> yeah <laughs> wouldn't that be fun or Jodie Whittaker if they could get her like that would be but that's 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 asking too much why is it asking too much because she's the current doctor oh like would you you know i suppose i'm I'm thinking like from space and bbc america's perspective like like getting peter capaldi to do that is is a is a realistic thing Mm, no well let's uh (laughs) let's take seriously this throwaway idea you have before we talk about the wheel of space (laughs) i think the bbc america the bbc america It's probably in their own personal interest uh-huh. to like focus on the current doctor, mm, I bet. Sure. So they probably let's do a a quick little shoot of where Jodie Whittaker shows uh, someone, hey, this is what the Daleks are, and then we cut to the Daleks. Or maybe no, it's it's Yaz wanting to know more about the Doctor because she's the most interesting person in the universe or whatever. Uh, so the Doctor says, sure. Uh, Yaz gets whatever she wants and then she pops on a helmet and she's like this is this is what life used to be like for me and then that's the uh that's the framing mechanism for the marathon it's Yaz asking the doctor about her history and the doctor showing it to Yaz I'm gonna now bring in a real life rumor from I think 1983 84 <laughs> okay uh I don't know where this this picked up steam somehow but but the rumor was that they had found the uh um 
the original videotape masters of uh, at, at the time a completely unfinished story called I think the Masters of Luxor or the Hidden Planet or I think it was the Hidden Planet by Malcolm Hulk. It was a discarded script that they ever actually made, but there's a rumor out there that no, they actually did make it, <laughs> and f- the uh, the story that became Frontios in season twenty one was actually going to be. Um, the first doctor as played by Richard Herndl who had just played him in the five doctors would sort of like bang his head on the console or something and then have like a dream of a previous uh, story and sort of weave it in that way. Whoa. That was a rumor that, that, <laughs> that because it was before the internet, no one could debunk it. And so it, it, it caught on a little bit like wildfire, I think before it was obviously debunked. Wow. That, that tells me that doctor who fandom was ever thus Doctor Who fandom has always been ready and salivating for a good rumor and yeah. ready to take it and run. Yeah, well, hey, the Wheel in Space apparently is coming back at some point too, oh, yeah. so we should look forward to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Well, maybe, maybe not a, a whole, but some. That would be, it would be it would be nice to to get to see uh, Tanya and Leo flirting in <laughs> in actual motion in more stories than mm-hmm. what we just got because that's that's the heart of this story for me. I love those two. Well, the Wheel in Space along with Fury from the Deep were the other two stories sold in the same four-story package with Web of Fear and Enemy of the World, oh. The those two of which, of course, were found in um, Joss, Nigeria in uh, 2011. So maybe those other ones are kicking around out there too. And my, uh, mm-hmm. my at first throwaway comment and joke about the Wheel of Space returning is perhaps coming true. Ooh, that, that would make you look very smart. Well, apparently Wheel of Space is coming out on DVD in uh, 2019. I, th- I suspect that it's probably just the uh, the um, official recon that we watched episode the the missing episodes of on BritBox just coming out in a more official uh, fashion on DVD. But maybe it's the real story. <laughs> Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is coming out too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the thing that happened since we last week. I only mentioned it because it's a story that we that we watched the recon of, obviously for for Lazy Doctor Who. And now it's going to be animated. Yeah. I, do we have to go back and watch that again now? Is that the way we do this podcast? I don't know. We've maybe, never. Maybe only if it actually comes back, not if it just gets animated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Save it for Verity and Radio Free Scarrow. Yeah, that's true because, well, you guys will certainly want to talk about it and we might. We've got a year to fill with no new Doctor Who <laughs> yeah, episodes. True. So let's let's uh-huh. save any precious content for our regular podcasts and mm-hmm. keep the 1960s Doctor Who for this one. Yeah. Speaking of. Uh, yeah, so we, we wrapped up the, the Wheel in Space, mm-hmm. and I was sorry that, that Gemma died, because I really liked her so much, yeah. but I actually, I liked that she died a hero, that she she overheard some really important information and decided to <laughs> basically sacrifice herself to save all of the people that she was in charge of, because mm-hmm. although she never really officially, you know, accepted the mantle of, of first in command, mm-hmm. she really was. And she, like, you know, you could tell she knew that that was the case. She was just, like, kind of depressingly pragmatic about it. Like, what is there for me to take over? Right. This is, these are our circumstances right now. It's not great. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like Joel Quenville wanting to take over the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> I don't know I threw it in there. Just did. Uh, yeah. Timely for Philadelphia Flyers fans, yeah. or at least NHL fans who yeah. are listening right now. Right now. <laughs> We're 2-0 since the coaching change, but so, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's not as bad as I think. Yeah, that's true. I, I feel like, um, no offense, Flyers fans, but uh, the wheel in space got out of it better than maybe the Flyers <laughs> will this season. Possibly. Sorry. Maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because because you had Gemini, and yep. then that was it. Nobody else. Jarvis. Oh, that's true. Jarvis did. Um, yeah. Well, I felt like he was a goner long before that. He was never going to be the same anyway. No. Um, and yeah, I guess th- that was just not surprising to me. That, well, I, not not true. It was not surprising to me that uh, that sort of the thing that truly pushed him back into action was mm. finding out that Gemma had died, and you know, I assume realizing that it was because of him. Like if he if he would have stepped up, if he would have gotten over himself, right. done taken action sooner, maybe none or at least some of this wouldn't have happened. So it it didn't really quite push him out of his almost entirely catatonic state, but it did get him up and moving a little bit. And then I was kind of hoping that it, sort of the way Gemma went out a hero, that maybe he would a little bit, but I'm actually impressed with the script that he didn't wow. because because he actually just, you know, was... <clears throat> Still kind of in that same headspace and just sort of got up and zombie-like almost. I mean, almost like he was in the control of the Cybermen, not the direct control, Mm -hmm. but the effect that they had on him was very similar to the effect that they had on the people that they were directly mind-controlling, acting kind of, you know, flat affect and um, kind of slowed down. And matter of fact, that's exactly how he was. It was just the the way that he got to that point was was much more indirectly. And then when he turns around to face down the Cybermen, I'm like, what's he going to do? And then he raises his hands and like puts them out like he's going to try to grapple or strangle or something. And I was like, oh, he's just going down. And then he did. Yeah. Uh, Beginning a long line or continuing a long line of... um uh, high-ranking officials in bases thinking mm-hmm. they can do great damage against a marauding intruder and then mm-hmm. getting killed right away. <laughs> yep. 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 So much as I was hoping for him to redeem himself, I feel like it was actually kind of a bolder move from a story perspective mm-hmm. to have him continue as was and not have some sort of miraculous deus ex machina uh, affect him. Like he was just he was just doing what he was doing. Yeah, I'm angry at Cybermen. I'm going to get you. No, I'm getting picked up and thrown around by a Cyberman. You totally can't see that I'm on a Kirby wire at all in the, <laughs> the monitor as he was throwing, a, throwing around. Yeah. Just like you couldn't at all see like half of the boom mic in another shot at yeah. some point at one point. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. TV, TV production is uh, it's quite something in 1968. Oh, yeah. I mean, heck, even when I was in college in the in the 90s, like I had to run the boom mic, you know, from time to time. And it's not an easy thing to do to keep it right where it needs to be, but keep it high enough to keep it out of shot. So, you know, I'm actually impressed that we see it as little as we do in classic Doctor Who. I know. Uh, and when we get to City of Death in 1979, there is a shot which most people did not catch for decades and now every time I see it, it's plainly obvious. Not just a boom like poking, it's a, there's a boom mic full on in shot. <laughs> Even in, um, whatchamacallit, the woman who, the girl who lit, the woman who lived from series nine, mm-hmm. yep. there's a shot there, a two shot of two soldiers there, and one of them's battery, one of their battery packs with a yep. microphone is just hanging off their costume. Yep. Pl- plain view. Audio, audio, um, equipment in shot is a tradition in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that yeah. they're still carrying it on in the new series. I feel like that kind of stuff also happens in American television and movies, but more often they have the budget to have the post-production companies edit that out. Yeah. So much of the CGI that happens that you see, you don't know you're seeing it because they're removing something rather than putting something in. So moment of uh, 
moment of props for the CGI people yep. who are doing good work and not getting credit for it. Yeah. And moment of boo to all the people who just didn't notice that giant <laughs> battery pack hanging <laughs> off of someone's belt mm-hmm. in an episode of Doctor Who to blot it out in the first place. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else about uh, the wheel in space here did you uh, want to talk about? There's Well, there's their complex plan. They have <laughs> phase six mm-hmm. of their current plan, but then they have plan three yeah. so they had three plans and at least one of them had six phases to it the cybermen i bet you the whiteboard <laughs> and the spreadsheet that they have is like takes up an entire wall on that cyber ship there's one hell of a flow chart yeah. and it's i i bet they've got spreadsheets galore that's yeah I'm, i've never been a huge fan of the cybermen but now that i think about like their planning uh capacity like project management is a big deal for the cyber leader i think yeah. or the cyber planner his the name building. is literally the cyber planner <laughs> Like, so why did we hire this guy? If we had a controller, we would get this done in two, maybe three steps top. This guy has got three different plans, each of them with six phases. Why did we choose this guy? Because of his sweet voice. Yeah, he sounds like all the old Cybermen. Oh, a retro voice. Yeah, we're in with this one. Yep. Yeah, that was. Uh, I'm glad that we had the subtitles on because it was difficult to understand some of like communication with Earth, communication with Earth, like that's which I understand. <laughs> I understand why like they um, weren't able to completely enunciate around the uh, the mechanism that they had in their mouth while they were talking. Mm-hmm. So I totally get it, but without I, I would have had no idea. There are two lines in a row that I just absolutely could not understand at all. Um, without without the, the benefit of the um, subtitles. Is it the cyber planner speaking? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's the one that sounded like the old school Cybermen? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It was, it was communication with Earth, something, something, and then initiate phase six or something. And like, right. yeah, that was, yeah. I, I was glad I could read it. I I, uh, I agree that those, those voices are kind of tough to um, understand, but it's still such a cool voice. I, don't get me wrong I love it I think it sounds amazing I just at this point they knew what that technology was Mm. because they had used it previously it was in the moon base Um, and tomb and tomb yes so I I just wish that they would have taken a little more care in the dialogue and actually written lines that uh, lent themselves to being pronounced around that piece of metal that they stuck inside their mouths because yeah. like I said, most of the lines were fine and they were understandable they were weird but they sounded science fictiony and robotic and metallic and tinny and cool mm-hmm. but then there were a few lines that just had too many sounds that you couldn't quite make around it in a row in the same sorts of words and I feel like there are enough synonyms in the English language that they could have come up with a way to say most of those things that would have been decipherable yeah Mm -hmm. but they didn't but they didn't but that's what subtitles are for so yay Yeah, didn't have subtitles back in 1968 no I would have been very confused as a child I still would have been excited and I think I still would have enjoyed it quite a bit because they they really did make the Cybermen seem kind of spooky in this one people have people talk down about the wheel in space but i mean they weren't in it a lot but the fact that you didn't know what they were doing and the fact that they weren't in it a lot they were off screen i thought that actually increased the the feeling of the threat because so for so much of the story Mm -hmm. the doctor doesn't even know what it is that they're up to like at the beginning of episode five you have the doctor and jamie in the uh in the cargo bay uh kind of reasoning things out and being like okay 
obviously they're not here to destroy the wheel because they could have done that easily from the outside. There's something else going on. We don't know what it is. And that just lends this extra air of mystery that I found compelling. Not even sure the Cybermen knew. <laughs> they probably don't have all, they probably, some, most of them only had like read only access to their Google Docs <laughs> yep. of the Cyber Planner. Mm-hmm. They only were able to look at the first tab and then the other ones were like <laughs> locked or something yeah. like that. Yep. Well, actually, they were probably able to read tabs one, two, three, four, five, and then six. Uh, but then when the guy said, you know, no, no more, no more phase six, now it's, now it's plan three, then they had to open up like an entirely new Google, Google spreadsheet. Actually, th- that one was probably a Google Doc. Everything was, and they yeah. had to switch over. Oh, yeah. Different app completely how do you scroll on this mobile device mm-hmm. how do you we only have three fingers now we can't scroll yeah you can pinch and zoom with three fingers though that's true, but they have like little metal caps on there i'm not too sure how conductive that is on a touchscreen device mm-hmm. no it's not with a capacitive touchscreen that's not gonna not gonna work yeah i uh we did see their little communicator which you saw on the uh um, telesnap recon it was just like a box with a thing sticking out of it but then we saw this this thing spins around it's like this little antenna that's uh-huh. sort of like this little wi-fi antenna that uh um yeah it reminded me of like those little little beanies that you used to see on kids in like cartoons and stuff from like the 1940s with like the little propeller that would spin around mm-hmm. it reminded me of that like it's spinning like that how come kids don't wear those anymore i would love to wear one of those little propeller i've already bought you your christmas present but uh, maybe next year I'll remember Still that you time. want a beanie, a beanie with a propeller. I don't even know where you get those anymore. And what was the function of the propeller? Could you, did you imagine that you were flying or something like that? I don't know. Uh, did, did it really have to? Since when does fashion need a function? That's very true. Mm-hmm. That's very, Especially for children. That's definitely true. Mm-hmm. Like wheelie shoes. I kind of miss those. Yeah, but the little wheels and the heels and stuff, and kids roll around. They were very popular a few years ago, and not as much anymore. Yeah, but that has a function because you can like zoom around a little bit. I don't think that those kids were actually flying by their beanies. No, no. Sad, really. Yeah. Um, anything else? What do you got? Yeah, Zoe. Oh yeah, her. What about her? <laughs> I really appreciated her sort of crisis of confidence uh, when right. she's, you know, she's this. She really kind of went through the same thing that Jarvis did, but she handled it completely differently. Mm-hmm. Jarvis was, you know, this middle manager type who was set up to uh, excel under certain circumstances. And he had been excelling because he had been underneath, under these same circumstances for so long. And as soon as something came in, the Cybermen, to knock things out of whack and take things outside of his sphere of experience, he first ignored it and then eventually just shut down. Zoe's kind of the same thing. She says flat out, I was, what did she say? Raised, conditioned, whatever. Yeah, trained or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe it's trained. Maybe it was a more benign word. Uh, but, you know, trained to believe that everything that I ever needed to be able to do would be doable with logic and facts. And this situation, just as it showed Jarvis, showed her that there are experiences outside of that kind of world and that kind of... Uh, experience that um, you need more than that and instead of shutting down she has this very uh, curious and like she actually gets annoyed too she's like Mm -hmm. she's she's teed off at the people who basically created her and and raised her to be the way that she is like you know my whole life was a lie is sort of what it kind of comes down to um so she gets you know she has a little bit of a a teenage strop about it good for her Mm -hmm. and um but i love the fact that as she is 
having that strop about it. She's doing it in a very measured and logical way. She is working through it step by step logically saying, okay, I was raised to be this way. This is not the way things are because I was raised to be that way. I'm not excelling when things are the way that they are. This, mm-hmm. Like she's just, she's, she's upset and she's complaining about it, but the way that she's expressing that is a very logical, methodical way, which is the way that she has been raised to be. It was, I just thought it was amazing. It was a, a great piece of writing and a wonderful piece of, of acting out that, uh, that writing of her character. That was Doctor Who's thinly veiled um, pastiche on the Paris student riots, which are going on at the time, uh, where, no, not at all, actually. But. I have no idea what you're talking about. Is that a thing? Yeah, Paris student riots. Yeah, 1968. Do you know of 1968? One of the most tumultuous <laughs> no. years in human history? I, I'm aware of some of the things. Are, are you aware of 1968? <laughs> like, no. There was there was a year called there, 1968. There was. It, it, it was nestled in between 1967 and 1969. I always wondered what was in between yeah. those two. Yepers. Um, and there was, you know, there was riots all over, you know, there's protests and revolutions and assassinations and, you know, more riots and, and the, you know, all over the place. And their pair student riots, I think, actually took place in the summer, which was after this. Perhaps they were inspired by <laughs> Zoe's plight and how she was raised and, no. Uh, some things never change. Yeah. Chaos. Yeah. Um, but then the last day of the year, I think it was... Um, uh, Apollo 12, I think it was, um, or no, Apollo 10, I think, went off and then took a, took like the first picture of Earth from like far above orbit or something. And it was like one of those like, oh, this optimistic, th- optimistic thing at the end of 1968 to spur us mm-hmm. on to 1969 and, and space travel and stuff like this. So, mm-hmm. so it's, it, that, I, I mentioned that as, a, as an aside, but it's also like just shows you how space was still like this new fantastical thing. And so like, you know, now there's actual space missions going out into space. And so the wheel in space is happening and we maybe they don't quite know what the physics of outer <laughs> space are when there's like Cybermen literally walking through space to get to the uh, space station at the end of all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would like to, I can't wait for the last day of 2018 where we get some optimistic thing to pull <laughs> us all back together. 50th anniversary, maybe Mars. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll shoot, no, it won't happen. No, sadly. Um, but anyway, so yeah, yes. I'm, Zoe, I really liked uh, how how that all happened. Mm-hmm. And then I appreciated at the end how she just, she made up her mind and was like, I, th- this life has been a sham. <laughs> what, <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's not in the text, but I, you know, you got to imagine she's thinking, what's the point? I want to go find out what else is, is out there. And right. these are the people that knew how to deal with the weirdness and the you know the differences so these are the people i'm going to glom onto because they have something to teach me and i am a a bright curious intelligent person and and i want to learn yeah. so of course she hides in a giant box as you do almost when you put it that way almost echoes the doctor's own origin story in that the doctor was like you know perturbed Mm, about his home and his upbringing and so also left in a giant box to go explore the galaxy that's that's true i was like a box but yeah no you're right although as we retcon know now it was more of a tube (laughs) i'm just saying (laughs) yes default (laughs) exterior to a Time and the hardest is is indeed probably a tube. Time and relative dimensions uh, in space. Yes. So he perpetuates the myth and the error that was started by Maureen O'Brien all those years ago. Well, she was told by Jamie 
And Jamie probably heard it from Ben. Yeah. Who heard it from Dodo. I don't know if Dodo, I don't think Dodo <laughs> conversed that much about the TARDIS at all. Because by the time they they experienced the TARDIS, Dodo was already gone. So somewhere along the line here, I think it's the doctor himself. The, the doctor just got it wrong? I think the doctor somewhere got it wrong too because oh. someone had to pass this on. That's why my headcanon is Dodo. Um, at, uh, you blame everything on Dodo. At but. the Inferno at the club. And uh, she just like she got drunk <laughs> and she was mentioning it. And Ben didn't know what she was talking about, but he remembered those words. Uh, Dodo heard it from <laughs> Stephen, who, who heard it from heard Vicky. It from Vicky. <laughs> so like Dodo's going, oh, it's a, it's a spaceship. Time and relative dimension is space. Sorry, dimension or dimensions? Dimensions. Thank you. Okay, let's go dance. That's what that was the dialogue between the two in episode one of the War Machines. Perfect, perfect recreation. Well done. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I thought that was I thought that was great. I had never seen Zoe's first uh, scene in the TARDIS before. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like there are a lot of important moments in the history of Doctor Who that I have seen clips of. This was not one of them, so it was exciting to get to see that. And I I was just expecting them to take off and them to discover her hidden. But no, I, I like the fact that the Doctor like he knew it was up immediately and right. went over to uh, to check on her because he sees her coming. He sees the, the door close. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't know that he was gonna notice that. I I had heard, uh, just in fandom circles, that Zoe had stowed away, yeah. stowed away in the TARDIS. So when I hear stowed away, that makes me think she was successful in being hidden until they actually took off. Because uh, as it was, she wasn't actually a stowaway. She just tried to hide. Yeah. Um, and then and then you know she, they uh she pops out when she gets busted and has to watch a a repeat. <laughs> That's basically well great. We're gonna see we're gonna see stories. Home movies. That's awesome. Thanks, Doc. At least he like fashioned it into a complete story with like incidental music and everything else. Also, when you think about it, it's a little bit cruel. Like, okay, not only are we gonna show you something about like, you know, this is this is the scary stuff that you might have to deal with. The Daleks are apparently the doctor thinks the Daleks are worse than the Cybermen. Yeah. Just for all of you Cybermen versus Daleks people out there. Yeah. Uh because Zoe just like made it through an adventure with the Cybermen and the doctor's like oh you might change your mind because we run into some bad stuff out there and shows her the Daleks so you mm -hmm. know just pointing that out um, but then also it's here is your predecessor yeah. this is Victoria this is what you have to live up to that's true she was just starting off then too and her whole family was killed so you still want to go to the it's basically like a hazing ritual or something like you have to watch your predecessor go through complete awful strife for seven weeks and then decide if if you want and he doesn't even start the story at the beginning of the story it starts at like the end of episode one mm -hmm. way to tell it out of maybe he tells it um out of order i'd like to think that like whenever we think um uh that a like a companion knows something that that companion shouldn't know about because we've never seen on-air dialogue that at some point the doctor has gone past the convenient cover on one of the roundels and mm -hmm. took and taken out his uh his little Dis, um, or her, or her uh, little display unit to show previous adventures. Um, it must be ta time blur technology, thinking ahead to uh, the t trial of a time blur, too. 
Oh, yeah. It's actually fashioned. Like, there's quite an iMovie suite that they have there where they put, like, incidental music on uh, <laughs> telepathic reconstructions of their own adventures. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. thinking, yeah, there's probably a lot of Gallifreyan techs out yeah. there who have they spent a lot of time perfecting this technology just because they wanted to to be able to tell tell stories mm-hmm. better, to be able to share their vacation uh, slides yeah. with people uh, without them getting as bored as you do with actual vacation slides. We have talked a lot of nonsense. Clearly, we have missed talking about Doctor Who <laughs> yep. for the past month and a half. I want to say, remember when I said, oh, it's very exciting that we're watching episode six, uh, and I said it's even more exciting, and you were wondering why, and I said, just you wait, because episode six... Uh, as opposed to most of the time when they recorded episodes, they recorded onto um, you know the usual two-inch videotape. Mm-hmm. But either for reasons that the no videotape machine was available, or perhaps there was uh, excessive editing required that was easier done on film, they recorded straight onto thirty-five millimeter film. Oh. And a lot of the thirty—they didn't do it often, but most of the thirty-five millimeter film masters, like uh, I think the Bombal Snowman. Part two, probably already talked about this. <laughs> this one, uh, I think an episode of The Dominators also exists before the full story came back in the space. The surviving episode of The Space Pirates all exist on 35 millimeter, which makes it super awesome when you vid fire it and makes mm. it look real pretty. So this is uh, yeah. this was this this episode looked looked very nice. I did notice that it looked it looked very nice, and in retrospect, now I recognize why so many of the the, I'm not going to say telesnaps, so many of the still photos from the reconstruction of uh, especially episode five that we watched on BritBox looked so good. Like you could tell which shots were telesnaps and which shots like actually had like almost like film grain look mm-hmm. to them uh, and and looked much better. Also, we were noticing that the, the fight scene where... Um, Flanagan and Valance and yeah. and the third guy I can't remember who the third guy was but yeah yeah Valance the guy with the Spock haircut um, yeah. were having the the fight um, there were a lot of of pictures of that so we were wondering if there was like a sensor clip or something like it was it wasn't moving but there were so many pictures that it almost looked like flip book style at at parts it was yeah. interesting I think it was I think it was a sensor clip mm-hmm. I can't remember I on on my other recon that I have which is very poor quality but it does actually include the sensor clips I think the sensor clips are on the DVD somewhere. Ooh, let's watch. Um, <laughs> which we might do <laughs> when we when we press stop on this podcast recording, which might happen soon. Unless you have anything else, I'm sure I could come up with something else. But we, you're right. We have talked a lot of nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the end of season five, yeah. and so the next uh, the next season is of course season six, and uh, most of the episodes exist. Wow, which is all very exciting. So mm-hmm. we're, we're pretty much through the uh, the telesnap here, apart from one big one towards the end of season six. So, so if you were worried that we weren't going to make it through because there were stories that were not moving, fear not, gentle listener. We are we are most of the way out of the dark. Actually, technically today we are halfway out of the dark because it is the solstice. Happy solstice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's any Doctor Who. The last episode of Blake Seven. Uh, ever aired on this day in 1981 too so but I don't I'm still like hesitant about spoiling people who've never seen it so I'm not gonna talk about the last episode of that no don't I mean I know what it is but I don't want to spoil it for anybody either because that's a worthy show it's a worth watching show it is indeed Mm -hmm. Uh, which we won't talk about here Um, but we will on the next episode of Lazy Doctor Who on the Incomparable Network talk about the Dominators 
You mean we're not doing Evil of the Daleks again? <laughs> Sadly, unless it comes back in between now oh. and us doing the Dominators. Oh my God, tomorrow, if there was like a surprise iTunes drop of all of Evil of the Daleks, we would absolutely do it again and have our first Lazy Doctor Who repeat. That would be amazing. Amazingly enough, just sort of completely coincidentally, uh, Phil Morris tweeted today or retweeted somebody's comment about... Uh, I said, oh, there's a profile on the evil of the Daleks in like this paper or something. Boy, I would love if you found this one day, Phil Boris, and he retweeted that. Weird. So maybe we should drag our our heels a little bit before we move on to the season six. Okay, never mind. No, Mm -mm. no, remember, there's a whole year of no new Doctor Who and Verity and Radio Free Scar (laughs) need content, so let's just leave it for that. Okay. Yeah. All right. That that works. That works. Okay. Okay. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) 